From whence across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of June 5th, 2011. I'm your host this week, Tony Spatel. I'm joined by fellow Disneyland correspondents Wayne Toygo, Nancy Johnson, and Tom Bell. In this week's show, we'll have our reviews of The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, and Star Tours, The Adventures Continue. All that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this Disneyland Edition of the Diz Unplugged. How is everybody doing? We are doing fine. great. Awesome. Okay, that you didn't sound really fine and awesome, but that's okay. Before <laughs> we get, I, I, I got to go to Disneyland, so I'm good now. Okay, yeah. Um, actually, it's I wanted to share a little thing that happened this weekend that I think Diz fans would appreciate. So we, I worked my son's carnival, and we were working there all weekend. Were you doing like and, the guess your weight thing, or no, no, I wasn't. I was running the Mexican food booth. Even though I happen not to be Mexican, but I run the booth, so it's okay because I'm a good parent at my kid's school. Anyways, I, um, my son was telling, of course, as he's, I'm working the whole weekend, he's going on rides, carnival rides, and everything, and then he proceeds to tell me about one of the rides, and he says, well, and it goes upside down, and then it does this, and the whole time the cast member sitting in the middle of the car of the ride was just sitting there. And I thought, you know your son has the Disney gene when he refers to a toothless carny as cast member. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny that he automatically called him a cast member. Nice. And I thought that, just like, okay, we're obviously Dis- Disney fans because that guy is definitely not a cast member. But <laughs> I thought people would appreciate that little story. I didn't correct him or anything. I just thought it was funny. So I just wanted to share that. So... To get things started after that, anyone have any housekeeping? I'm going to take that pause as no. Yeah, I don't think so, other than, other than we need to get get going on that um, first power giving power of, of 10 fundraising thing for Tony. Yes, we do. It's, it's, we're, we're, we're lagging, I think. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll lower the, the, the price. But let's wait, because we want to get more money. So, okay. Yeah. So, we, since we have no housekeeping, let's go to Tom with the news. Well, sad news to start with. Disney legend Wally Bogue, who starred in nearly 40,000 performances at the Golden Horseshoe Review, died June 3rd at the age of 90. Bogue originated the role of Pecos Bill in the stage show. He was also the voice of Jose in the Enchanted Tiki Room. The world staged has experienced a great loss in the passing of Disney legend Wally Bogue, said George Calagridis, president of the Disneyland Resort. Wally was instrumental in the development of live entertainment during the early years of both Disneyland Park and Walt Disney World Resort. His characters will continue to live in the hearts of our guests, while his larger-than-life personality will forever make him the true clown prince of Disneyland. And in a tragic coincidence, Betty Taylor, who played Slewfoot Sue in the Golden Horseshoe Review, died the following day, June 4th, at the age of 91. Taylor began playing the role in 1956, one year after Bogue started, and continued with the show for 31 years, nearly 45,000 performances. Caligridis said of Taylor, Betty's role as leading lady in Disneyland's Golden Horseshoe Review helped turn it into the longest-running stage show in entertainment history. Sad, sad news. We're losing our legends. Yeah, exactly. Nancy was going to say, Mary Jo, uh, one of our... Disboard's moderators wrote a very nice piece about Wally Bogue. 
That's on the uh, disunplugged.com. All right, mm-hmm. next story. A Northern California teenager was arrested recently on suspicion of inappropriately touching a 17-year-old girl while dancing at California Adventure Park. The incident was reported about 9.15 on May 20th while the girl was dancing at Electronica with a large group of people. The 17-year-old boy from Menlo Park, who did not know the girl, began dancing with her. According to Anaheim Police, as the dancing progressed, the male began dancing closer to the female, and he eventually touched her inappropriately in a manner which constituted sexual assault. The girl and her friends immediately reported the incident to Disney representatives, who escorted the teenage boy off the crowded dance floor to wait for police. The boy, whose name is not being released because he is a minor, was arrested on suspicion of sexual battery. The investigation is ongoing. Okay, please tell me you have a more uplifting story coming up. Oh, come on. Of course I do. Happy, happy, happy news. At the Electronic Entertainment Expo in Los Angeles this week, Microsoft announced Connect Disneyland Adventures for their Xbox 360 system. Gamers will be able to recreate their trip to Disneyland with the added bonus of being able to fly. A brief demo during the announcement showed two children flying through Peter Pan's flight and collecting coins. According to Disney's Adam Sussman, everything is replicated to a fine detail. You can even meet and greet and take pictures with the characters. The game will be available this holiday season. Okay, I don't have an Xbox 360, but that makes me want to purchase an Xbox 360. I'm so glad my son got... Had that on his Christmas list last year. Well, and the Kinect system's the one where you're more physically active, too, yes. isn't it? Yeah. 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 You, d- you don't even have to hold the controller. You just, it's just response to your body movement. That sounds so cool, especially for little kids who can't manage the controller. Um, well, the, the only thing with the Kinect system, you have to have quite a bit of space. Yeah. So, uh, and it comes out at the holiday season, which means I think Wayne and I will be joining... Going to your house to play this. Oh sure, Come on. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and all the Diz listeners will be coming over to your house. Black Friday at my house. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Start. cool. I don't think that present will make it under the tree. <laughs> no, <laughs> it'll, it'll be yeah. rewrapped. I need to add that to my collection of console games now. First, it was Epic Mickey. Now it's this. Do you have an Xbox 360? No, I don't. That's the problem. Oh, okay. Okay, so it is Tom's house. Okay. Anything else? That's the news. Okay, thank you, Tom, for the news. Moving on to rapid fire, who wants to go first? Oh, I'll do the quick shopping one and get it out of the way. Okay. Two new retail outlets opened, one in Disneyland, one in Disney's California Adventure. Um, The one in Disneyland is actually the reopening of a very old um, original store, um, Mademoiselle Antoinette's Parfumerie in New Orleans Square, and they will be specializing in all kinds of classic fragrances, a lot of the European fragrance brands, um, as well as having a couple exclusive to Disney fragrances. So, you know, feel free to check that out next time you're there. The other shop that just opened is Embarcadero Gifts, and it's right across from the entrance to the Little Mermaid attraction, um, right there at the entrance to the Paradise Pier area. That's and a very small shop. Yeah, you know, it's part of a large – it used to be a large space that they would use for only special activities, and they made a shop out of it. On the fragrance uh, store – do they have any price? I have no idea what fragrances cost. Um, 
the brands that I'm seeing listed, because I was there the day before it opened, the brands I'm seeing listed are Givenchy, Guerlain. Um, okay, which again, is, that doesn't help me out. <laughs> Does that help Just, you? I'm, you know, I'm looking for prices. Know, let's put it this way. Pricier European perfumes. Okay. So I'm thinking, you know, the 35 to 50 to 75 to 100 dollar bottle kind. Okay, that's is what I'm thinking. Especially if there are some that are being made especially for that outlet, or that's going to be exclusive to Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And that took over the space where the purses were, correct? I think so. That's what it sure what is what it looks like. Yeah, that's what the picture show because it's the little glass bottle and that was Jewel of Orleans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, thank you for that, Nancy. I'm going to go next. Disneyland is offering another new deal for Southern California residents, three days for $139. However, you can only visit one park per day. If you want to visit more than one park per day, you can upgrade to allow for park hopping with a one-time extra charge of $15, so which averages out to $5 a day. It's for zip codes 90000 to 93599 and 21000 to 22999. Baja California is included, I'm assuming. That's what those zip codes are. Uh, Okay. It's available from now until September 5th, but you cannot go to the parks July 2nd through the 4th or August 21st through 22nd. Anyone who is interested can buy it at the normal places, Disneyland, Disney stores, online, and most local Southern California grocery stores. Now, those have to be used 40, within 45, 45 days. 45 days. Use. Yes, thank you for reminding me that. Yes, within 45 days. Like, they're really like into that whole 45 days. <laughs> so. Cram it on in. Okay, who wants to go next? I'm ready. Okay. Every so often, I want to keep everybody updated on what's going on at the Walt Disney Family Museum. This month, the museum is going to be showing the classic Disney film, Bambi. In addition to the film, the museum is still hosting special presentations on the weekends. On the 11th, which is this Saturday, there will be a presentation on the art of Tyrus Wong. He did the watercolor backgrounds for Bambi. And on the 25th, there will be another presentation on the animation of Bambi. There are also several other activities and all kinds of classes throughout the month. You can check the calendar at the Walt Disney Family Museum for the most current schedule. The Walt Disney Family Museum is located in San Francisco. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, every Disney fan must come and visit this museum. Even if you're not really a museum enthusiast, this is a unique experience and well worth the visit. The presentations are engaging and in places very moving. I really recommend it. Just don't bring your little kids. Need Nobody's to be mind- mindful of the age, yeah. Yeah. Your, your kid and my kid might get more out of it than a normal kid would. But. Yeah, but even my son who yeah. went when he was, he was into it to a point, but it's not, it's not a Disneyland museum. Yeah. And guess what? It's on my calendar. I'm going in two and a half weeks. Are you really? Yeah. Uh, D23 is doing a screening for Cars 2 in like Union Square or something like that in San Francisco. So I'm going to do a twofer. I'm going to go to that and then hop over to the museum for the afternoon. Jealous. Yeah. Cool. Yep, so that's going to be fun. Okay, since you're talking and you're the only one that hasn't done a rapid fire, let's go. All right. 
just to back up a second, we were talking about that Tinkerbell Half Marathon Challenge. Our total right now is one seventy thirty nine. We're trying to get two thousand dollars, so we need to go 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 on those donations. Um, and we'll we'll always have the link to the first giving page in our show notes. And I think this summer we're getting close. As soon as school gets out, I'll start sharing it with other people that aren't Diz fans. And because I've accepted, I've accepted the wings and the. I told a few people at the carnival, and they're like, "Oh, I'll pay for that." So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my rapid fire is kind of kind of a housekeeping rapid fire side tracking type thing, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Speaking of power of ten. On the on the Orlando show and on the boards and stuff, everybody's having these meet and greets and you know New England and New Jersey and they did the one in Orlando at the at the opening of Star Tours and something came up yesterday that got me thinking: Where are Dizzers meeting constantly three four times a week? The cruise ships. Oh yeah. Every uh-huh. every time there's a cruise ship, there's a meet. You know, I'm going in July on the Alaska cruise, and one of our passen- one of our uh, fellow dizzers, uh, Nancy, she's one goofy on the boards. And she was talking about her fish extender gifts, and she's like, "You know what? It'd be really cool if we did a power of ten donation for part of our fish extender gift." And I'm like, "Okay, why didn't I think of that?" That's cool. So this is like a, a shout out to all those. Disney cruisers out there, do something with your fish extender gift. Do something with your meat. $10 a person, $10 a cabin, whatever it is, put together a donation. But, you know, like every every cruise out there, the magic, the, the wonder, the the dream, there's always a, a Disney going on. Do something for Power of Ten. And that's my little speech, and I'm done. Okay. Thank you for that. Any Anything else? Okay, if I don't think there's anything else, it's time to discuss the two new big attractions, one at Disney's California Adventure and one at Disneyland. Let's start with The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure. We've all gone on it, correct? Yes. 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 Okay, so let's start with, I'm going to start, yes, I'm going to actually start with Nancy. Nancy? (laughs) Yes, dear. I know, yes. You, um, tempting fate, you are da- we, Tony? Yes, I like tempting fate. So, you have two daughters. Mm-hmm. Did your daughter, were your, tell me what you thought. What were your They were not there with me. But oh, well I then, did. we'll go to Tom. Okay, Tom. <laughs> I got to go have fun without them. Oh, okay. So, what'd you think? Um, I actually really enjoyed it. In fact, I shot some video which should be up on our on our Diz YouTube channel. Um, if it's not there now, it should be up pretty darn soon. Um, and I was really impressed with it. The effects were really really great. Um, I enjoyed the the whole method of storytelling, starting out above land, going down into the water, coming back out of the water. You know, all the effects, I thought the character placement was really good. There was always something surprising to look at in different areas. Like, you know, just when you think, oh, it's just going to be a dark room transition, all of a sudden they drew your attention up to Ariel swimming at the surface of the water above you. So, like Nancy talked about with the storytelling, I know, Wayne, you're interested in the storytelling, and you talked about dialing up expectations last week. Now that you can 
say what you want without spoiling anything. What did you think of the ride? This, attraction, this excuse me. Attraction. <laughs> this one really is a good one. This is probably the most complete story of any of the Fantasyland-style dark rides that I've seen in any of the Disney parks. All the sights and sounds are wonderful. In fact, every guest that I saw going on and off this attraction had huge smiles on their faces. In in the attraction, there are a number of places where the clamshells actually turn where you can see the other guests. And each time they did that, I just saw kids pointing, laughing at everything that was around them. As I said in my blog, this is going to be a big hit. Well, you know, one of the things you mentioned, I'm just, I'm not saying I did not like this. I'm just throwing it out there for you guys to, as a, to, just to see, is, did you, so it didn't bother you seeing other guests? Doesn't no, that not at of, all. Do you no, think it might, it, do you think it might bother some people because you're in, you're kind of immersed in the attraction, but yet, oh, there's other people. Now they're doing, what bothers you know, me like more the, is seeing the exit signs. Oh. I'd agree. Um, there's been some comments, and I don't want to dissect the ride too badly, but there's been some comments that the ride is actually a little too bright. And so you do see exit ways and stairways and emergency paths and exit signs and the like. Just tune that out. Just get in your own little zone and tune that out and look at what's being presented. Um, there's there's a lot of brilliance in this ride, and it's like we're all part of the party scene, especially in the big party room, the under-the-sea room. Um, no, I didn't find it distracting at all. It it actually kind of added to it. Do you think it's – what do you th- – what I thought was that it was the – I think I mentioned that last week, but that it was the updated 2011 version of a classic Disney dark ride, Disneyland dark ride, that could have been in – Fantasyland. So I'm going to ask another question. Do you think it should have been in Fantasyland? Do you think it's? I know we're changing Disney California Adventure. Does anybody think it's almost too good to be in? It's all. It's kind of a different mindset. I don't know. I was just. I'm not saying I think that. I'm just wondering if anybody thinks. You know, it almost would just fit better in Fantasyland. But there's no space for it in Fantasyland here. Well, no, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. There's no space. I'm just going. You know, it would play well discussion. in Fantasyland. It would it, it play it, extremely it would, well. It w- it's definitely suited, and I I believe it's actually in Fantasyland in the Walt Disney World yes. reboot. Yes. So that's going to be perfect. However, for California Adventure, this is the dark ride that California Adventure has needed from day one. Mm-hmm. And I think being around the lake, near Ariel's Grotto, it's actually in a pretty good location. It's between the thrill rides. I think it's positioned wonderfully. Well, Um, and it was... Can I throw in something real quick here? And it it was a great way for them to keep the theming of the jumping jellyfish and not have to really take that away and take down that existing ride. Hey, Tom, you went there this weekend, correct? Yes. Well, that was Thursday and Friday. Okay, was it was it crowd? I mean, I know you went. You have anything? First of all, to ask about the crowds, but what about your? Um, do you have any special events that you would share that oh, you could share? Yes. Okay. Uh, Thursday afternoon was the official grand opening of the Little Mermaid Era's Undersea Adventure, and I was able to attend that and take some pictures. Those are up on the blog already. Um, 
and they did a fabulous job with that with that opening. Um, the for those that didn't see, tell us who was there. Uh, yeah, who was yeah there? those okay. of us that worked at Carnival all weekend would yeah, like to know. Uh, Tom Staggs was there, the president of Dis- of the Disney Parks and Resorts, and also um, the composer Alan Menken was there. Uh, the voice of the voice of Ariel uh, Jody Benson performed. Uh, Pat Carroll, the vo- original voice of Ursula, was in the audience, and Sherry Renee Scott, who was one of the voices, was played Ursula on Broadway, also performed. Um, and I think that was it. But they okay, I think Tom. I don't think Tom should be allowed to talk anymore because he had that great experience that we none of us got to have, and we should all be. Well, I'm jealous. A lot of jealousy. That, that looked like Tom a really today. good opening. It was a really good opening, and we'll compare that to Star Tours a little later, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay, I can't. I can't wait to hear. Um, but then the, the, the I, I don't think the the ride open to the public was open to the public on Thursday. It was open okay. to the public first no. thing on Friday, and the lights yeah. were huge. Okay, so does anybody have? I read actual, it Thursday like, too. Does anybody know exactly how huge those lines? Continue to be maybe over the weekend or no? We didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't that know. That was We're ba- really ba- long. Bad podcasters, bad podcasters. We didn't have that information. Um, okay, so Tom, since we have the the whole sons thing, yeah. Um, what do you think? I think Wesley would. Son- want, I think Wesley would go in at once. Because it's just so. You know what? I I have to kind of agree with you. Like Andrew liked it. And I liked it because it was cool and it was new and it was the best dark ride I think I, we, we've had because of the technology and the colors and everything. But it's still the character. And I, well, I mean, I, I love the, I love Sebastian, but um, I kind of, I tend to agree with you. Well, I think calling it a dark ride is is kind of a misnomer. It, yeah, yeah I agree. Right. Okay, a bright. Dark no, no, well, not not even no, that. It's, saying... it's not in the style of the dark rides. The dark rides in in, yeah. in Fantasyland are they're all blacklit with blacklit paint, and blacklit, kind of and and the characters maybe twist and turn, but you don't get the atom, uh, animatronics that we're getting in in the Little Mermaid. It's it's more. Oh, I know, and the quality of those were amazing. It's more in the style of Haunted Mansion. I mean, it, it's more that quality. I mean, not not up to the standards of Haunted Mansion, but the style. Okay, compare it to Winnie the new Winnie the Pooh. I mean, the newer Winnie the Pooh. To me, isn't that the same similar style or no? Yes and really. no. I don't, see, really. I don't see the, I don't see the okay. animatronics there either. I mean, it's... it's yeah, they're more stationary the, figures. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh is more like an updated Peter Pan or Alice. Yeah, that's they more have, like they an have updated some, Dark Ride. Yeah, they have... Okay, they so have, then what do we call it? Oh, sorry, Wayne, go ahead. I was just going to say, they have the updated animatron well not even animatronics although there's some animated f- characters in there but it's still there's there's a lot of flat characters in there and yeah. they're, almost, they're not moving almost mouths, everything so. in in little mermaid was three-dimensional it was all three-dimensional shapes in three-dimensional spaces I mean, even the animate even the animation portions like Ariel's transformation was still a 3d version of Ariel it was okay, a then, graphic aerial. Okay, then my question is this. Is this the... Okay, so I don't know what we're calling... I think it's a new of generation ride. of Dark Ride. Okay, I that was my that's question. The I best agree. way to put it. Yeah, do you think the next ride similar to this will be 
just like will be like this. Yeah. Do you understand what my question? Yes, I totally do. For dark rides, absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's Even a new it's not a dark standard. Ride. Okay. Okay, well, just and, I, and I think they've learned their lesson on dark rides just because of the capacity. I mean, because the, the trouble they have with Peter Pan's flight, if they had used the same similar technology on Little Mermaid as Peter Pan's flight, we would have been in big trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, even the difference between the Monsters, Inc. ride and, and the Little Mermaid. I mean, it was genius using the, the um, Omnimover system as opposed to having a vehicle that you have to, you know, that has to stop. They don't have and in and Omnimover at... Yeah. No, it, it, it stops Are, at Monsters, Inc.? No, no, she's talking about... No, that's what I'm talking about at Aerial, using oh, yeah, the okay, yeah, buggy yeah, yeah. style, Omnimover yeah. style. And um, that's actually one Monsters of the big... That's actually one of the big differences, is Monsters, Inc. plays a specific short scene to every car that goes through. Aerial's is continuous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poo, to a degree, is continuous, too. Although it does play some dialogue for every vehicle that goes through, the vehicles are just highly compacted. But yeah. Ariel's is like nonstop. Yeah, like the, the haunted mansion. Haunted mansion. Like the haunted mansion. Okay, okay. So, anybody else want to add anything to their experiences on the Little Mermaid: colon, Ariel's Undersea Adventure? <laughs> I got two two things to wrap up here. What one thing is again. Disney fans, pull it back, dial it back. <laughs> this this isn't Imagineering's great gift to Dark Rides. <laughs> this this is a little one. Let your kids enjoy. It is a good one. There are a few flaws. I still don't like the transitions between scenes. I think they're too long. I I don't know why there had to be so much space between some of these areas. To get you around the corner? I don't know. You look at the overhead, you look at the building, and it's like, did they have to build that much infrastructure into it? I don't know what the you real know, answer all, is there. They all mesh. I mean, Pirates is the same way. You don't realize it as much. Except you. next time you go back, you look at how much time you spend looking at essentially a nothing cave. Pirates at least goes from one room to another almost so, so fast that the sound bleeds from one to the other and you have a hard time transitioning. One thing's for sure in aerials, you never hear the sound from one room bleed over into the next room. I think that's a challenge. I think that maybe even might be a churro bet. I'm just saying, you could bring a stopwatch. We all, Free's got a phone and we could time it. Sounds good. No? Yep. Oh, I was going to say, check out the, you know, you can watch it. I did the video all uncut. So yeah, if, but you could you could go in and edit it and make it shorter, longer, just to win the truth. No, I I, I, I sent to him cut, so we'll see. Yeah, I would I would do that. I would cheat like that. Okay, everybody's so, gonna love it. So next we have. I loved it. I'm just saying, and I've got a little tidbit I'm gonna share later. Star Tours: The Adventures Continue. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That was a great imitation, whoever did that. That was amazing. I don't know Sorry. how you could make your voice sound like that. Okay, right. let's start with Tom, because yes, Tom sir. was there for the grand opening, even though we all went on it before that. Yeah, everybody went on it before that. Oh, my goodness. Um, that was a fiasco. The good thing about it, though, is I got to go backstage, which was kind of cool. Really? Wait, you, you, you just threw out something was a fiasco and then just glossed over it. Well, no. I, like, I wanted... 
Oh, go explain, going explain. Okay, explain. so you know, I, I arrive at the park at well, the park didn't open till nine. Um, the grand opening was supposed to be at nine thirty. I got there about eight fifteen, and bag check was back, 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 backed up. So I finally get through bag check and into the park, and there's lines and lines and lines of people waiting to get on the ride, of course. And I have my little press badge and trying to get through to to where the the risers are for for photographers. So they tell me, well, go backstage between it's between where Star Tours and the Plaza Inn is, or sorry, where those restrooms next to Plaza Inn. So I went and and there should be somebody back there to direct you. So there were a couple other photographers also going, so I followed them, and we went around and around and around and around. We ended up on the opposite side of Space Mountain and still didn't see a cast member. So finally somebody came out a door and we're like, well, we were supposed to go around, you know, and there was supposed to be somebody to direct us. He's like, oh, okay, well, come down here. So we went down this tunnel in the back of Space Mountain and then finally came out like the ex one of the exit tunnels for Space Mountain and and out that out by the exit of Space Mountain and around to where the the bleachers and the and the risers were for the grand op- grand opening ceremonies. So that was my little okay. I'm gonna backstage tour. Yeah, sorry. Is is the point of this whole show just to make me jealous of everything? Sorry, you asked. I mean, okay. I know, so you get to go. I wasn't even going to talk that great, about this. Yeah, that great opening, and then you're going to do the 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 uh, cars, and then the museum, and now you get to go backstage. <laughs> I think you like hopped a fence or something. I think it was. I won't even tell you about being backstage at Cars Land, so we'll we'll just leave that for another show. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay, I think then we're going to end I, right I, now. Yeah, I, I, I can't handle I this anymore. I got a sunburn. Does it make you make you feel better? Well, is that because you were wearing a muscle shirt? Not on my face because it wasn't. Now he's okay, going for the okay. 80s mesh look. Yeah. Any way I can get rid of. <laughs> That's funny, Nancy. Um, any way I can refer to those muscle shirts that should be outlawed. Um, okay, okay, so, so anyway, start, this, the opening ceremony. So Little Mermaid, we get Alan Menken and Jody Benson and you know this big production number. For Star Tours, we get Tom Staggs again and the cast of Jedi Training Academy. Oh, really? Yes. Wah, wah. I mean, you know, I go in there, you know, we're, we're standing there. It's a small stage. It's between, it's like wedged in between the People Mover Track and the Star Tours uh, ex, uh, extra queue there, the extended queue. That side side building, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Between the People Mover Track and that is the, is the stage. With the back, the sta- back of the stage is to the the hub, and so I was on the risers facing the hub. So anyway, yeah, a few minutes before the ceremony, they have st- uh, stormtroopers come out on top of the people mover track. Ooh, that's cool. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We've got stormtroopers, and you know, a few minutes before the thing, they switch out their fake guns for real guns. I'm like, oh, cool, they're gonna. So and then out comes the guy with the bald guy with the British accent. Exactly. Out comes the, the you know, you, you, you saw the pictures. It's, it's the same guy that hosts 90% of the, of the Jedi Training Academy things. And the girl with the spiky hair in the back. And, you know, it's like, yeah. 
So yeah, needless to say, I was a little disappointed. And you know, in fact, you know, as as I was leaving, I'm, you know, the photographer next to me is like, "That's it." I'm like, "Yeah, I guess." Okay, so you were there though, weren't you at Disney World for the? Were you at Disney World for the grand opening? I was not. I was able to get it. Oh, okay. There. I was just kind of trying to do a whole compare contrast being the teacher. So, well, I mean, they Sorry. they got George Lucas. They got Anthony. Okay. okay. They got Thank you. Yeah. They got. But George then again, Lucas. it was Star Wars weekends. Yeah, but we're he. We're closer. You think just by ge- geography they would have given us at least somebody? Yeah. Throw us a bone. One of the Ewoks. Throw us a bone. Yeah. Okay. So. Anyway, so the ride is the exact same as Hollywood Studios, as far as I know. <laughs> okay. Is the queue line the same? It is, I and I looked, it is laid out somewhat differently on, in the second room, but all the same elements are there. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought there were some subtle differences. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, things are positioned a little differently, but all the same elements, the same robots and stuff are there. Wayne, I'm sure you have an opinion on Star Tours. Oh, man, where do we start? <laughs> and now, be careful, we, as some of us might disagree with you. I'm fully, fully prepared for that. So, just as a point of history, I was in my early 20s when the first movie came out, so it wasn't like I wasn't aware. I'm a Star Wars I know, nut. So- and always have been. Me and my friends got together the week the movie premiered first time trying to design a lightsaber. I am into it. That said, I think as many people know, I I was totally in love with the original. I can't even remember how many times I wrote it on the last from the last week that the original was open. So I had pretty high expectations of this one. Wait, wait. I'm going to use a quote. Disney fans need to dial it back. I just thought, you know, (laughs) if ever I thought this was this was the one that was going to blow it out of the water, this one this one's going to. Okay. And you know, because I always have the plus and minus in all of my reviews, it's unquestionably wonderful. There's no question about that. This is a terrific restore. This is going to be a big hit for a long, long time. The lines are going to be incredible, and I think the vast, overwhelming majority of folks are going to just love how this thing has has evolved and it turns up. But? But. The one thing that I despise about prequels of any kind is when they add technology to something that happened earlier in time. (laughs) Now, I have to interrupt, though, before you go there, because I talked to a Star Wars fan. I knew that you were going to go down this direction and said that, no, that is how that's because. okay, and I'm not the Star Wars super geek, but. I should I should have done an actual hardcore interview with this person, but that's there's a reason that the prequels have better technology. It's because of the whole empire, and it it was better before because of there's a reason in Star because Wars mythology. Because there was a destruction that that brought them back to a lower level of technology. Yes, that's, yes, that's fine for the empire, but Star Tours was created as a transportation system for civilians. And you would have thought it would have evolved over the generations from the Star Speeder 1000 to the Star Speeder 3000. I don't remember the Star Speeder 3000 ever moving backwards. 
I've looked at my model. I see no rear, rear, rearward thrusters. And yet within the first few seconds of the new version, what are we doing? We're moving backwards. Hey, and I'm going to interrupt. We're going to have a debate here. This, okay, this isn't me. I'm just, you know, speaking for this. And I, I, I www.wikipedia.com. Okay. But, um, yeah, I talked to someone who is a, a big Star Wars fan and I talked about what I knew you were going to talk about, Wayne. And they said, no, that's actually what he loved the most because he said it made sense. Now, I don't understand all the Star Wars mythology as well as, or maybe even this guy doesn't, but he was explaining the same things that you hate was why he liked it, because that's how it actually is supposed to be. I don't disagree that maybe it's better this way, but the fact of the matter is, in the future, we never saw the Star Speeder 3000 move backwards. Maybe it just didn't need to. No, no. You know what? But we no, didn't no, also but, didn't have the technology. I mean, the, no, no. What he's saying is, I'm sorry to be the Star Wars geek, is that it was supposed to be better in the past, in the future. Yeah. Oh, I see. But we're in the future now. No. Well, we're in the that's past. I'm, I'm that's so the point. Is <laughs> that's that seems to be the moniker of star of the whole Star Wars genre is technology seems to improve in the past. I but mean, I think, I'm looking. I'm looking at my little model here. I'm looking at my model of the Star Speeder 3000, which, by the by, is absolutely identical to the Star Speeder 1000. I see fixed laser cannons on the front of the model. What's the next thing we see out the front window as soon as the thing kicks off? We see rotating, pivoting blasters. I don't remember seeing rotating, pivoting blasters anywhere on this model. You go through the queue line. You see the things sitting there right in front of you. Don't like look like they're on little hinges to me. Sorry. Okay, all i got to say is the Spanish <laughs> conquering of the Aztec and Mayan civilizations, as well as the Crusades on Arabic knowledge and, and technology. It's the whole same concept. I'm not a Star Wars geek, but, you know, you got these rebels trying to rebuild all the technology that was destroyed when the Empire took them all over and damaged all their crap. Maybe they couldn't rebuild that technology quite as well, because it's been a little bit. That's all I got to say. Oh, wow, this is way too deep. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it just... And you know what? And you know what's going to be, as long as one... I love the slobber effects. Can I just <laughs> oh, say that? Dear. I yeah. loved the slobber Okay, as... did, did I tell you guys the story about the Imagineer who was was discussing the Hoth sequence with George Lucas. About the timeline? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Go ahead, tell it. Okay. Oh, man, tell, Wayne's going off now. Okay, so the what are those vehicles called? The the, the, is it the, the big old walkers? The Wampa? Um, the the no, that's, that's The Wampa. And the creature. whole sequence in Empire Strikes Back? Yes. Is that the correct movie? Yes. yes. Where they where they go around them with the, with the cables and and make them correct. fall. Correct. Yeah. Correct. In other well, words, episode five. Five. Okay. Very important. Episode so, five. So this then Star Tours is supposed to be placed between three and four. Three so and the Adats, the you know the Empire hadn't taken over or whatever Hoth yet, and so continuity, the Adats wouldn't, continuity wouldn't be there. So they designed a Hoth sequence without that. And so they're presenting this for George Lucas. The Imagineers are presenting this for George Lucas. And afterwards, he's like, well, you know, I really thought you guys would have gone for the AT-ATs. And then Imagineers, you know, were, were prepared. They're like, well, 
that doesn't happen until episode five, and this takes place between three and four, and George Lucas' response was, so? <laughs> well, then that answers uh, that this whole debate. You could have said that like 20 minutes ago. We wouldn't have had any discussion. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. It's, jo- it's George Lucas, so he gets to do what he wants. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I- I have another exactly. little George Lucas story because I spoke to a cast member that I happen to know of, and um, he actually told me this is, of course, all rumor, but that, <laughs> I mean, but no, is that um, this is not like a new thing or anything, but that after they showed it to George Lucas, he liked it so the the the, the ride, and after he wrote it, he immediately added two pieces so that the uh, there'd be two more scenes. He, it gave him two new ideas after he wrote it. I don't know if that's true, but I like the sound of that story. <laughs> that he even, actually even added. If even if it's not true, it's a good story. Well, but I think I, I trust this guy. Oh, okay. I mean, he did sell me a car stereo that was pulled out, but I mean, come on, who doesn't buy stolen car stereo? <laughs> no, um, okay. no, I really, I. He said that George Lucas. The, the story is that George Lucas wrote it when they were, you know, testing whatever, and he like immediately wrote a couple scenes extra. Cool. So, okay, now that we're done with the Star Wars portion of this thing, <laughs> thank you. Let's actually get to the attraction itself. Who wants to go first? You're setting a precedent that I don't know if we can continue to do every time there's a new attraction. I'll go first with a comment to you guys. Did anybody see the same sequencing twice? Yes. Okay, see, oh, why did you have to go there? I, know, now, yeah. I knew Wayne saw it twice, so he's going to be even more upset. Well, no. I no, mean, I know, I'm just, like, I'm just Tom and I went twice. Tom and I went twice together, and I did not puke on him. I would like to officially say that. Yay. <laughs> One of his concerns. Yeah. Um, but the poor lady next to you, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I liked, I, I did enjoy the new um, little prep video. You know, the little. Oh, you gotta pay attention to that sucker video. too. I thought that was really cute. Um, I liked. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that it, it did feel smoother to me. Everybody's okay. been saying that, and I would it's like to talk that. to the programmers because I think some of the shutters in the original ride were actually built in because See? I don't think they modified the simulator itself, and you can program that stuff in. You know what, but I think I think over time, how could that ride have been down that long and not had some cleaning of the hydraulics and overhauling of the hydraulics and part replacements? So now we're talking about engineering and computer talk still. The people like me who had to stop writing Star Tours because it made me sick every time I went on it, I'm okay with it now. Okay. And, and isn't that interesting because I never suffered from any kind of motion sickness or anything inside this simulator, and I tend to get a little bit of that on regular roller coasters, even though I love them, go on them all the time, still get a little bit of that. And now, and I think this is attributable to the 3D effects, I get a little dizzy by the end of this one. Okay, so I hate to break you it to and- everybody. You got. You guys are older than when the ride first came out. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. I'm just saying, maybe. Please, totally right. 
I'm just saying. Sorry. Six months ago, I was fine on the original Star Tours. That might have been a very intense six months. Now I get a little... (laughs) Once again, I'd like to say I was really impressed with the attention to detail. And it wasn't so much the 3D-ness of it all, but the attention to detail that they put into the planet sequences and the landings, I thought was really a very nice touch. There's no question that the visuals in this one are superb. They are slobber. just just gorgeous. The slobber the, effects, fabulous. Yeah, that was awesome. I actually so, they made the ride for me, in all honesty. Well, you know what's funny is I was talking to a person who liked the Star Wars, the same person, and he actually said that this is the kind of ride that Walt would have liked because it was for everybody. Yeah. Not, it, it, it was for everybody. That's and that it wasn't just like what I noticed. And my biggest fear was because I'm not a big fan of the prequels. Is okay. I'm gonna see Jar Jar for 25 minutes, which is you know everybody's nightmare. Um, but <laughs> that's but the way I thought they did a really good job of integrating both the prequels and the what I now I don't know what to call them, but whatever the originals. Yeah. Together without being patronizing to either side, and right. with to me, I thought, in my opinion, that it it didn't seem out of place. Now we got the Jar Jar sequence, and I thought that was one of the better sequences. Actually, no, it was and, really cool. <laughs> and you know what? You're right. As my, maybe they almost said, "Okay, look, everybody hates this character, but except for me, and I'm George Lucas, I guess is what he's thinking. So we're gonna make the best scene, the Jar Jar scene. I still hate Jar Jar, no. but it was I I got that that um scene too and that was amazing and I only wish that I would have seen um, a different opening sequence in the two times I went well there's only two different opening sequences oh are there yeah well I didn't even get to see the other one so I was kind of disappointed in that that's why you spend the money to come back see that's how they get you but I was very happy that I didn't repeat a planet and we went on we got off we went back I talked Tom into going back on again right afterwards she that pulled way. me away from free free Disney booze and made me go on again. See, it's my true, experience was very similar to the experience Dave Parfit had, where he saw definite patterns in how they repeated the different sequences. I, my luck is incredible. I got 100% the exact same sequence oh, in the two times that I saw it. I saw it from... Different cabins in different days. Exact same sequence. It's yeah. just because it's you, Tom. Or Wayne. It's the force. It's I the completely force. agree. It's I the completely force. agree. It the is the is force. <laughs> now let's go back to the to the the, the pre ride video. There is so much detail in that that you don't even you have to watch it. Because part of it is explaining why C-3PO is even on the ship. Right. That's and if you're not paying attention, you miss all that. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, you know, when we got, when we, on we I went twice, and on the second time, we kind of missed it because of the way the cat, I mean, it was a soft opening, but we didn't get to see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, if you don't see the whole thing, you don't get why it's C-3PO. You're right. You don't get why it's C-3PO. Yeah. yeah. And they and don't I really tell so. you to watch it. It's just kind of no, there. It doesn't, it doesn't grab your attention as much as the original one as far as, in, you know, 
ride instructions, but it, that's why I kind of liked it. Was it wasn't so much of the, you know, here are your flight instructions, blah blah blah. I think they're dealing with two tuning issues here, and I think this will this will work out over time. The loading sequence, I think they're still playing with a little bit because of the fast pass people. They weren't able, and I noticed this too, they aren't able to preload the zones as quickly as they did in the old version when they were only had one one line, and they were well used to how that loaded in. I think they're going to have to play with timing a little bit to get people into the areas to see more of the pre-show. Does anyone know how random or how it's programmed? Like, is it, okay, if you go on... For these next two weeks, you're going to get sequences A, B, C, and D, or do you think it's just totally random? I mean, nothing's not to get all, all all philosophical, but nothing's ever truly random. I don't think. But um, what you mean is, is it like pre pre programmed to show pre programmed to do different sequence combinations in a row? Yeah, like like they like there's some computer program that says okay on the 78th day it's going to be. Or is it just totally, okay, push the button, spin the wheel, and see what happens? I think, no? I think, and this is from, like, the Tower of Terror sequencing when they first developed that technology in Florida. I think it's somewhat of a, we pre-program some sequences, and then we, we download those sequences, but those sequences are randomized. So, like, it's already, you know, they do the randomizer in the programming, that's my guess. That would make the most sense. Okay, that's your guess, Wayne. You're the programmer, kind, right? It's, so yeah, it's easy. Think? It's easy to do either way, depending on how how sturdy the mechanism is going to be. I don't know that any one sequence is going to be any more abusive on the mechanism on the simulator itself than any other one. So there'd be no reason why it couldn't be totally random. But like Nancy said. What they may have is a pre-programmed sequence of events. So if you were to look inside the guts, you may see, oh, sequence 121 is going to follow sequence 120. But the guests are never going to know what that sequence is, so to them it's going to seem totally random. Yeah. You brought up actually, I, I find it interesting, I don't know if anybody else will, but you were saying how about the mechanism and all that stuff. I wonder if over time a certain if a certain one was harder on the hydraulics or whatever if they would if they they would just say okay we're going to get rid of that one because and switch it out we, for a new one yeah that would make or, sense or if we have to take it out because this cabin needs to be like you know like oh well if we take it out this cabin can last like two more months if we keep it in then this cabin's going to have to get you know shut down for refurbishment I'm just Throwing out questions. Frankly, I don't think they're I don't think they're done by cabin. I think I think each cabin does all the sequencing. I'm gonna but go with Wayne. I think that I think that what they've done is they've opened themselves up for the ability to freshen the ride much more easily than they used to be. You mean like they did with Toy Story? Yeah, Mania. basically, yeah, like they did with Toy Story Midway Mania, where they can just take a quadrant, pop in a new program, and you've got a new game. You've got a, a fresh up. Okay, is that a churro bet? No. We'll see. We'll see how long it takes them before, you know, it's probably going to be another 10 years before they, you know, mix it up a little bit. But they, on the other hand, they may not. Okay. So I have, As a, I have one. Sorry. No, go ahead. I have, I have one question for the group. We all loved 
the soundtrack from the original Star Tours. It appeared on every CD. They used it in the fireworks show. Most of us know it by heart. With 54 combinations, how are they going to put Star Tours 2.0 on a CD? What are they going to do? How are they going to recreate this and, and give us a takeaway here? Look, this is perfect. Apple, iCloud, we're doing all right. <laughs> all 54 Sorry. combinations? Yes, all 54 combinations. Didn't you see the big event that they had a couple of days ago? That was what it was all about. You didn't hear it was like a two-hour keynote just about making sure they could have all 54, F- 54 combinations in the cloud <laughs> and, and stream through iTunes. Okay, well, I, ho- I I wish that's a, I that's wish. a churro bet. My, my guess? <laughs> oh, no, no, is, no. I'm I'm against that. That was a joke. I I don't want okay. a churro bet that thing. Well, I, the only way I can see them doing this is they're going to have to pick one sequence or so and put put the soundtrack on it, or I don't know, leave it off entirely. Surely yeah. they wouldn't do that. I think they would stay with the same random theme that they've always had, because that's what people know. I mean, you could still feel bits of that random theme in the music they had anyway. All I can say is you just don't go and get a plate of carnitas before you ride this. Thank you. No. Okay, thank you. You did it. But you Got know what? I've been, yes, but I've been told that my new favorite word is fresh. So I want to make sure that that's going to be my next word. And so I, I really like the, the the fresh take on Star Tours. Is that no? That doesn't work. Okay, but um, no, but um, I really I just. I just thought it was a really cool, fun ride, and I thought in terms of Star Wars, they they handled it well. One thing I do want to say is I had two different experiences, and one of them was much better. Not not like the first one was bad, but the second, what the combination I went on second was much more fun and much more intense. And I was I agree. I'm the sub- Jar Jar one was really intense. It was okay, much the, more fun. That was the one that I went to second too, and I was. I was amazed at the difference. I didn't expect the combinations to be so different. I thought that, okay, it's the same move. Like, if I'm going to go to the left, now I'm going to go to the left here instead of the left there. But it was, it was to me, like, almost two totally different attractions. I would agree with, I would agree with you on that. Now, which, which planets, just to wrap up, which planets do we all see? Did we all see, how many planets are there? There's three, there's there should be six planets, three first planets, and three second planets? Correct. Okay. And so, Tom and I saw... So I like I know the names of the we, saw the, we saw Tatooine and the Wookiee planet, and... Yeah. Okay, I saw the Wookiee planet, no Tatooine. I saw the Wookiee planet and the Jar Jar. And did we whatever. go to Cor- Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there, too. Oh, yeah. wait, we all went to the same places. Okay, but the, the first time I went, it was the Wookiee Planet, whatever. No, it, yeah, it was Wookiee Planet, and then, uh-oh. I'm going to have to ask for some help. Coruscant? Death oh, wait, Star, oh, no, wait, I no can't place. ask for help because I was by myself. Um, <laughs> it was the Wookiee Planet, and then, what was the, darn it, I just think it was the, it was the city, the city-looking, like. Coruscant, like the, which, okay. which traffic jam. Yeah, and then the second time, it was the same Wookiee planet, and I went, oh, okay, same thing. And then it was the Jar Jar underwater with the big tongue. And okay. I love that. That was that just that was okay. yeah. The bug slobber was one thing. I think we had the Wookiee planet, and and then Coruscant, yeah, and then Tatooine, and 
Is it Naboo? Is that what the Jaguar? Yeah, Naboo. Uh-huh. Okay. So you got pod racing? Yes. Yeah, we got pod racing, okay. and then we got the okay. underwater. Has anybody seen the Princess Leia? No. Okay, yeah, we got Admiral Akbar and we got Yoda, I think. Yeah, I got, is that the only, yeah, I got Admiral Akbar and then Yoda, too. Pod, if I get the pod racing, I'm going to take off my seatbelt and end the ride and just leave. <laughs> See, and I, that, I that really like the pod racing. What was amazing about when I went was I went to D23, and when they were talking about this, that was the sequence they all showed us. And so we all thought at D23 Expo two years ago, we thought the whole Star Tours 2.0 thing was, oh, they're going to turn it into pod racing. And there was a lot of Internet chat on the fact that Star Tours Tour O is going to turn into pod racing. It's going to be really, really boring. Then we heard, okay, it's not going to be really, really boring. It's going to be 54 combinations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so here I am, strapped in, all set, ready to go. And then we launch it, and it's pod racing. <laughs> Again, the force. When you when you let go and let and learn about the positive <laughs> side of the force, Wayne, I think all these problems will go away. Inner peace. Oh no, that's yes. Kung Fu Panda. Which is actually a very good movie too, but we won't talk about Um, the Disney show. Okay, now you wonder if does anybody? I mean, of course, it's all rumor stuff. Whether maybe the original intent was to do more of the prequel stuff, and because there was so much kind of negative internet backlash, that maybe they said, okay, maybe we'll cut back on the twenty pod racing scenes we have. Nah, I think they're smarter than that. Okay, I'm just. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm gonna say I. I think they're smarter than that. Final thoughts, Nancy. Um, I'd say if you were hesitant to go on Star Tours towards the end of the first attraction, you know, because you were concerned about whatever, try it. Just, just try it. You know, I think it. I think you'll really find it very enjoyable. And if you were, and if you become ill. You can you can do the you can blame me to Nancy, Nancy at WDWinfo. Yes, yeah. yes. I, the fee, the statements so no, I mean, of Nancy Trump Johnson do not necessarily reflect the statements of Tom Bell, Wayne Toygo, or Tom. And Ramamine is your friend. Oh, okay. So wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, come on. Okay. So you're medicated. All right, that explains. <laughs> now why don't we just do the propofol like Michael Jackson? And they'll be fine. Oh, is that well, you know, I, the I planned ahead. I knew I really wanted to try it. I really wanted to experience it. I went ahead and Dramamined up, but I don't know if I was still on Dramamine by the time we wrote it. But, you know, it was all good. I really didn't have any issues with it. So, and I really, really enjoyed the new visuals. Thank you for the medical report, Nancy. Tom. <laughs> Uh, I'll repeat what I said last week. I think it's a great reboot. It's not breaking new ground, but it's a great reboot, great graphics. Not breaking new ground. Okay, Wayne. Despite some of my bashing, I think it's wonderful. I have no doubt that I'm going to warm up to it over time. I definitely recommend it to everybody. And for me, I loved it as the regular fan. I think it's great and i actually do think it was breaking new ground in terms of the quality of the 3d and the slobber and all that stuff so i think everybody should go on star tours and maybe and I, force be with lane the next time he rides yes let's all try to get our positive force <laughs> towards wayne so that he gets to see some racing 
Rex. That's the way to end. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> That'll do it for this week's Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. 